Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, great gear, and top tips in the iOS world. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Before we, ju- before we get started, David has a message from our sponsor. I'm really excited to tell you guys about this one because, first of all, it's a new sponsor from a company I love, Withings. Yeah, I was so glad they joined us. Yeah, they're awesome, and they're, I think, a really good fit for all of you guys. They have smart health accessories, uh, and they have a wide range that are really cool. They have a smart blood pressure cuff, which is amazing, but I specifically requested to talk about their scale. Because I have had their scale for like five years. I know. I feel like I've heard you talk about it. I talk about scale. it pretty regularly. Yeah. And so it's a smart scale. And so there's a lot of really cool benefits of it. Um, the first one and the most logical and obvious one is it syncs with an app. So it you have access to all of your health data on this app and it tracks it over time. So I've gotten in the habit for the last like five years or so of weighing myself pretty much every day. And just recently, because I've been kind of uh, on a kick of trying to lose weight, I went and looked in and it's so cool. I can see like my weight patterns for the last five years. Like which years did I lose weight? Which years did I gain weight? That's pretty amazing. Uh, it's Yeah. And so it's fun just for the, like the dork in me. <laughs> uh, but also... I find it's really helpful to weigh yourself every day because you start to get a feeling of what behaviors are helping lose weight and which ones are not. So, for example, there's a lot of research out there that says that uh, exercise is really health, good for your health but doesn't really help lose weight. For me, I actually don't find that to be true. I find really? pretty regularly when I exercise regularly, I lose weight. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of things you can learn from this. Uh, it's just a great scale. Let me tell you a few more things. Um, first of all, it's pretty affordable. It's $99. So you get all these cool health features. You can have up to, I think, 12 profiles. So like I have I have a profile. My partner has a profile. Her son has a profile. So like tracking his weight as he grows and making sure he's in healthy ranges is really nice. And can um, it automatically tell who's stepping on it? It can automatically it tell who's cool. stepping on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it tells you, it measures your fat percentage, your muscle mass, your water percentage, which That's I have an crazy. old one that didn't measure that. So I was really jealous when I saw that the new ones do measure that. Um, and so you can have it for your whole family. Uh, and it's $99. You can go to withings.com to get it. It's available on Amazon and the Apple Store, all sorts of places. Well, Can I tell you a funny story about it, though? Yeah. I don't know if this will discourage people from buying it or encourage people. <laughs> it will track what it considers to be unidentified weights. In other words, it matches your weight. Like, it knows when you step on it who it is. But if somebody steps on it and it doesn't match it, it just tracks it. And so you end up with this weird place in your <laughs> app where you can go and view random weights in your scale like so random people have stepped onto it yeah and they of course have no idea and it's a personal thing yeah and so for example i had a house cleaner and she would weigh herself every time she came to my house and i could just see her weight over time (laughs) that's creepy and like sometimes like I'll have friends come over and they won't know and they'll weigh themselves in my bathroom oh it's sort of like a um smart home cautionary tale yeah like because like that's the type of thing people are like paranoid about. With it's, smart a, homes. it's a good cautionary tale. If you see a Withings scale in someone's bathroom, 
think twice before stepping on it. <laughs> I've yeah. sort of gotten out of the habit of looking because it just felt like at some point a common courtesy to not look. Uh, and I switch cleaners and my new cleaners don't weigh themselves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, have I weighed myself in David's house? I don't think so. <laughs> but it is a weird little quirk of the scale. That's really funny. Um, okay, next up, we want to tell, talk about our daily tip newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can get an email from us once a day that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in less than a minute. So it's really easy, low, um, low commitment from your side, and you'll find over time that you are like way better at using your iPhone than you ever were before. So it's really awesome. Go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up and give it a try. And I have a tip for you this week. Uh, we have iOS 13 tips coming out a lot lately. And so this was a fun one that I learned a lot from. I've been enjoying the iPhone 11 Pro camera and there are new features of portrait mode that has have come out with iOS 13 that just enhance these capabilities. You don't need an 11 Pro to use this feature, by the way. So this tip is how to adjust portrait mode lighting on your iPhone. Mm -hmm. Have you been using this feature? I have. I enjoy it a lot. So how this works is if you open up your camera app um, and maybe remind, like, who all can use portrait mode at this point? Okay. So you need to have the two times zoom to be able to use the portrait mode. So if you have a two times zoom, you can. Mm. And it gets a little bit murky because sometimes they did it on the pluses. I'm pretty sure it's the seven plus the 8 Plus, no, it's a 7 Plus, the iPhone 8, the 8 Plus, the 10 or later. That sounds right. <laughs> With maybe the exception of the iPhone 10R, which does have a, I think you can do it with software, but it's not a two times zoom. Yeah, I think the 10R has yeah, it. Yeah, but it does not have a two times zoom, so it's a weird caveat. Oh, okay. And it's not as good. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't aware of this feature, portrait mode is a feature that allows you to create a depth of field effect with your photo and it focuses your subject and blurs the background. It's really awesome. You should give it a try if you haven't used it. Yeah, I mean, that's a tip right in and of itself because I find myself using it a lot. Like anytime Mm -hmm. I have the opportunity, like the times when you don't want to use it or when you need to take a really quick photo because you have to kind of fuss with it to be the right distance from your subject matter, which is annoying. But if, if there's situations where you have the time, I find it like really improves the photo. It makes it seem so much better. It looks really professional like you have a DSLR camera. Yeah, I know. I've seen some pictures that you've taken like family photos and stuff and they were really, I thought um, they looked like they could have been professionally done. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So this feature, feature I'll walk you through how to use it. You open your camera app on your iPhone. You... uh, Swipe right or left to get to different camera modes, and you'll find one that says portrait. That's the one that you want. From there, there are now two little icons in the upper right corner. One is like a little hexagon. That's what controls the lighting, and there's one that controls the level of depth of field effect. So you can control both of these things from here now. If you tap the hexagon, you'll see options for your different... um, portrait lighting modes um if you're on natural light that doesn't actually add any studio any like level of extra light to your um photo so you won't see the option here so you want to toggle over there was one um i believe it was like contour light that's what i was playing with when i was using this and from there you'll see what if you have the hexagon tapped you'll see um 
sort of like the I don't know how to describe it little um a little toggle or like sliding scale that lets you control the level of that effect that you put on it and that's nice because at the most extreme it doesn't look natural at all um and so if you're going for a more professional natural look it's nice to like scale these down for the most part is yeah. what i've been doing and i also have been then if you tap tap the little um other icon that's for the depth of field effect you can also scale down how blurred the background is mm -hmm. so those are both nice things to control yeah i think they added a lot of really nice features in general the contour lights kind of the only one i'll switch to i kind of switch between uh, the natural light and contour light. The other ones, I have a really hard time making them look cool. Like Apple always shows these really cool photos in their events of like black background and like high key mono and all these yeah. things. I never take photos that look good that way. Do you? Like studio light and contour light are both the ones yeah, that that's I think true. are good. Um, studio light I'll use sometimes. Stage light, stage light mono. I agree. Those like they're kind of harsh and extreme looking i wasn't that impressed with them well and because what they do is they get rid of the background altogether and either put a black background or a white background uh it has to be a like a perfect the phone has to perfectly have been able to distinguish between the subject matter and the background and what i find is a lot of times that's not the case you end yeah. up with weird little digital things like you have like a tiny bit of the background but not a lot of it and it it it, it looks terrible unless it gets it perfect and then it looks cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. But no, I agree. Um, one nice tip for this as well is that sometimes you don't want to fuss with settings a lot while you're taking the photos because like let's say you're taking a picture of a person and they're moving around impatient or, or a kid or something like that. You can actually edit the studio lighting and depth of field effect afterwards. So one thing I would recommend doing is turning on – going to portrait mode – choosing uh, potentially a studio lighting effect that you like, but not spending a lot of time fussing with it there because you can actually do all of that afterwards. Yeah, I never set it when I'm taking the photo. I just leave it on natural and then deal with it later. Yeah, so when you tap edit, you'll see all those same options that I just walked you through. And I will say, this is funny because this was actually going to be my complaints and learning, so I have to come up with a new complaints and learning for insiders, <laughs> but I'm really enjoying the control of aperture, the being able to control the depth of field. Uh, because for the same reason where Apple, the phone isn't always perfect at distinguishing between the subject matter and the background. And so sometimes it's too aggressive and it blurs things that you don't want to be blurred or mm -hmm. it doesn't blur things that you do want to be blurred, particularly for me because I have curly hair. It can sometimes be really aggressive, like blurring my hair, which yeah. is, looks terrible. <laughs> uh, and so that's a really nice functionality to be able to edit uh, you, how much depth of field you have because what I find is a lot of times I'll scale it back and add a little bit more of the background because then it's not aggressively editing my subject matter. Um, and the other nice feature that I don't know if it's new or not, but I've just discovered it is if you tap on the word portrait when you're in edit mode, it turns off portrait mode altogether. Oh, oh, um, you see, yeah, you can, that's been around for a while. Okay. I'd forgot. I didn't know about it to compare, but also sometimes you take a portrait mode and it really too aggressively blurs your background and you, it just ruins the photo. So it's a nice way of having a backup where if you use portrait mode, but it just didn't work out, you can just have a normal looking photo. Yeah, I knew about that feature, but I was still thinking of being in portrait mode as an irreversible, like you've chosen that mode for the photos. So that's a good reminder 
it's reversible. So you can like leave portrait mode on more often, maybe without worrying about it. And yes. you can always have the other the photo without that effect. And so same thing nice. too, if for some reason you're messing around and you're in some of the stage lightings or the high key monos, and then you later go back and you look and you realize that it didn't properly get the background perfect, uh, you can just switch it to natural then. So you don't have to worry about it. If it d looks imperfect, you can just have it be natural and it has the background then. And so it'll, it's much easier for the photo to look good. Yeah. One clarification too is that I was saying there's there's an icon for the aperture, but I didn't say what it looks like. It's a little F in the corner. Um, and yes. you won't see the hexagon icon until you've actually swiped to get into one of the studio, um, one of the lighting effects, and then you'll see that other icon pop up as well. All right. That was a long explanation. <laughs> we were just saying with the daily tips, it's just one minute a day. Usually <laughs> when we talk about the tips in the podcast, we get into more details and yes. like how we're using it in our lives. But uh, that's not how you can like learn things really fast with the daily tips newsletter, we promise. Well, and a nice segue to because we're just about to talk about the insider where we add a lot more context and a lot more detail of how to use these is in our guides on insider. And we do have a guide that talks about this and how to do use your camera for portrait mode. Mm -hmm. So we have in-depth guides and they're available for our iPhone Life Insider subscribers. And Donna, what else do you get as an Insider subscriber? Yeah, so for our premium subscription, you get um, in-depth guides. We have one for iOS 13. We have a basics guide we just came out with that really helps you get all the fundamentals you need for your iPhone. Uh, we also include a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine and that includes our archive of over 30 issues and every new issue as we come out with it where uh, we just came out with our bought buyer's guide. So going into the holiday season, we have great gear roundups in there. You get access to our editors so you can send in any tech questions or issues you're having and we'll help you find a solution. You also get a premium version of the iPhone Life podcast. So you get a uh, exclusive content in this podcast and also none of the ads and uh, i believe that's it oh and a video versions of our daily tip newsletter so you get short bite-sized videos every day that teach you cool things to do with your phone did you mess it mention the digital subscription to the magazine i did okay good yeah <laughs> sometimes you i'm just so used to hearing that i don't hear it uh and yeah. we have a really aggressive discount for you all now. We are taking our podcast listeners seriously, and we really want you guys to be insiders. So you can now save 50% off. And we have an extra discount for people who are seniors, service members, veterans. You get an extra 10% off, so you save 60%. If you use the following URL, it's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And the senior discount is for 60 years and up. And so um, that's something we've added recently that we've been excited about. Yes. All right. Let's talk about apps and gear. Do you have any updates? I do. I'm excited to tell you guys about it. I have been, I signed up for my free trial of Apple Arcade. Oh, nice. And I've been using it. Yeah. Um, so I, I we talked about this in the last episode, how I was planning on signing up for this. I think I talked about this. And I have been wanting – I was excited about it when they announced it for a couple reasons, largely for my stepson who – first of all, we now just got him a phone. And I am concerned about the free gaming industry. There's a lot of privacy concerns for free games. There's a, they're all ad-based. They're all trying to upsell him other games. And they're also just – the games are kind of rigged. 
like they're all rigged in a way to get you to pay money to get some special character or whatever. And so right. they're sort of just designed to hack his poor little brain to make him lose in really frustrating ways until he decides to pay money. Which, A, he's not going to pay because it's my money. <laughs> exactly, and, yeah. And, B, it's like creates a real frustration. And I hear him, like, yeah. start screaming at his phone in the back of the car. And it's, like, it's rough. So we've been <laughs> doing Apple Arcade. Um, and I've been pretty happy with it so far. I It's still early days. And I don't game that much, so I haven't done a whole lot. But I've been impressed by the quality of the games. They had a lot more games from brands and ca- with characters that I knew than I expected, which really? was nice. Cause I, like what? Well, part of their appeal was like, oh, we're helping promote indie developers, which I think they yeah. are, and they have a lot of great games for that. But there was a Lego game on there for him, which okay. was really nice. They had a, uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog racing game, which oh, was my cool. God. I loved Sonic as a kid. There's this cool game um, that he'd been wanting for a long time. It's called, like, I can't, The, the Floor is Lava. Which is really funny. You know that game that every kid plays growing up of, like, you can't touch the floor because it's lava? Yeah. Well, some smart developer made a game of that. And you're trying to, like, jump from, like, chair to chair in this game and not touch the floor. And so he's gotten really into that game. And we'll play that game together sometimes. Are they mostly geared towards kids? No, they're just mostly the ones we've tested are geared towards kids because that's what he plays and yeah. I don't play a lot of games. But there seem to be a lot of games. I actually want to d- dive in and do some more games that are like – because I do enjoy strategy games. And there are – I've been – I feel like they, they check the boxes they needed to check to get me to keep subscribing, which is there are enough games in there where it doesn't feel barren. Like I was a little concerned that I'd log in and they'd have like five games and I didn't like them. It's there's 100, a, right? I think they have at least 100 and growing. Okay. Yeah. And they're high-quality games. There's enough games that I seem I feel interested in. The other area – that Apple has rolled out since I subscribed that I haven't gone to experiment with is now those games work on uh, on iPad and also a lot of them work on Apple TV. That's pretty cool. Which I'm really excited about because, the, the, for example, the Floors Lava game, it's a little bit too complex to play on your phone as well as I would like, whereas on Apple TV, I'm pretty sure, and this will be a future thing for me to talk about, I'm pretty sure I can set up my Xbox controller to work with it. And then you Mm. get access to a lot of cool games that are free, that are, you know, probably as fun as a lot of the Xbox games we're playing. So, Because a lot of the, like, people who have reviewed Apple TV games so far have said, like, you really need a control. Like, the Apple Watch remote is pretty lousy as a game controller. So I think that would make a big difference, I'd think. But also, the Apple TV seems better if you're playing games interactively with someone. Like, if you're yeah. playing games with your stepson, probably be more fun on the Apple TV, Yeah, right? absolutely. It's pretty – I think so. We'll have to see. I'm excited yeah. to test that out because it definitely takes it to the next level in terms of usability and willing for me, willingness for me to keep subscribing. Because I will say – I'm saying all positive things. I still am kind of on the cusp of, like, should I keep subscribing? Because despite all the complaints of these free games, there's a wealth of free games out there. He enjoys a lot of them. He still – it drives me crazy because he still keeps downloading games that aren't in the Apple Arcade. Mm. And I'm like, I'm paying all this money to have access to Apple Arcade to avoid these games, and he's still doing it. So I'm still – I think overall it's a net positive, but I think that there are still so many free games out there that are still high quality that it's not a no-brainer to keep paying. Five bucks a month is not nothing for games, especially because I'm not a gamer myself. So it's five bucks a month for the whole family, right? It yes. doesn't increase – if you if you share it with your family, no. Um, 
Yeah, the other question I was going to ask is like, does your kids seem excited about it? Because I feel like that's like, that's what it would hang on, whether you keep doing it or not. Is he going to use the Apple Arcade games or is he, is it like cool to kids? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I think, I don't know. He's a little bit young to appreciate it. Like he doesn't quite understand the difference because he got a new phone and got Apple Arcade at the same time. I don't think he quite understood that he that I was paying to have this access to all these elite games. Right. It sort of was all just one bundle of awesomeness to him, and I don't think he's parsing through it. But yeah. he does really like a lot of those games, and he does often go out of his way to download them. So, so it it's like a success overall. Positive so far. Yeah. How do you access the games again? It's just- in. Uh, it's a tab within the app store, arcade, and it's kind of weird. It's a little. I kind of keep thinking it needs to be its own app or something. Yeah, um, which I would like because then I could limit him to just those apps. Maybe um, it's a tab in the app store, uh, and then once you download them, they're just like any other game. So it's like a list of titles that when you download it, it create it like downloads to your phone its own app icon or. It's it's a tab. It basically is like giving you access to more apps. Is the way of looking at it. like when I download this app. When I download the game, it looks like any other game on my phone. But do you always get to it through the app store? No. No. Okay. Yeah. It has an app icon like anything else. And actually, I am curious what happens if I stop paying for Apple Arcade. I'm assuming I will no longer be able to access these games. Yeah. But it's weird because it downloads it as its own game. That'd be like almost worth canceling just to see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So this week, I wanted to share one that I don't have firsthand experience with, but I've seen secondhand through our video producer Rayan, and that's the moment lenses Rayan's a really excellent photographer and she just held her first photography show um a couple of weeks ago which mm-hmm. was really fun to go see and she's a huge fan of macro photography uh, that's where you have really magnified in on um things like flowers or bugs or things like that or that that's at least what Rayan takes macro photography of um, and there are a few brands out there that she's tried, but she said she likes Moment the best, and their lenses are a, a little under $100. It's something that you actually need a special case for to use them, and the case is, I think it was around $30. So, But it was a, an attractive case, and it so ran, wasn't too upset about it, and you like put it over your existing camera on your phone and um, – are able to take like really get these amazing detailed shots or like things like a raindrop coming off of a leaf or things like that. Um, you can get like amazing detail with these lenses and they like, she had them. I think one of the true tests of uh, iPhone photography is like how well does the photo print? And some of the macro photography that she had printed looked like gorgeous and pretty big yeah, sizes. Absolutely. So, and she used, um, what is the name of the company? Some social print studio is what she used to print those photos too and they have really nice quality prints so i just like neither of us well david is into photography but neither of us are as into photography as rayan is and so i'm realizing we don't always talk about this stuff on the podcast but it's a big area of interest for a lot of our listeners and it's a great way to use your iphone so i think the moment lens is a really good thing to check out if you are wanting to take your iphone photography to the next level i've been thinking about getting one yeah well and in particular for macro photography it's one of those things that you want to take the photo when inspiration strikes. So, like, you're not 
necessarily always carrying around a DSLR camera with a great lens when you see the cool bug in the cool flower. So having options with your iPhone are in some ways the best case scenario because your iPhone's always with you. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think macro photography is an excellent fit for iPhone photography. Yeah. And the moment lenses, they don't have just macro lenses. They also have um, like ultra wide angle, which is feels a little less relevant now yeah. that we just got that, that feature. If you have the 11 pro, um, also though, they have like fisheye lens ones, which I feel like I also wouldn't use that often. Um, I feel like they have a few different ones and like people like them for different reasons, but macro is one that I know is Rayanne's favorite. Okay. So yeah, that's our apps and gear for the week. I guess that wraps it up. We had yeah. that. This is a shorter episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just a reminder, if you like the show, please leave us a review at Apple Pod on Apple Podcasts. That can help other people find the show and enjoy it as well. Do we have a, we didn't do a question of the week. We didn't do a question of the week. Um, we we can, could do something about portrait mode. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Do you guys use portrait mode? Do you have any specific use cases you particularly enjoy for portrait mode? Uh, yeah, any yeah. tips for... We talked about some of our ways to like get the best results from portrait mode. Let us know if you have any tips that we didn't cover. Yes. So email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com. We'll see you next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. <laughs>